Thursday, September 22nd. It's the call-up. I'm Arm Layton. He's Jack McMullen. We're talking prospects. Arizona Fall League Prospects National League edition this time. And, and Jack, it was really fun going through the American League rosters of this Fall League. Now we're going through all of the players being sent by National League teams. And I'll tell you what, it's even more stacked on the National League side. Even more, like it is a lot more stacked (laughs) on the National League side than the American League side. I, you know, while the American League, while talking about the American League was fun, it almost feels like you got to get your broccoli down before you get to dessert when you're growing up. And uh, the American League was broccoli. This is like the chocolate lava cake that you're allowed to get once a year at a restaurant when you go out. So the National League Arizona Fall League uh, representatives are freakazoids, and I'm very excited to chat about them. I mean, I, I'm glad we split it up because that last episode would have been four hours given yeah. how insane the National League is. I mean, it, even we'll, we'll get into them, obviously, but just for who the Cardinals are sending alone, it probably won't. It's all its own episode uh, for all the, all the folks that they're sending over there. I mean, just so stacked. And, and even, I mean, you look at the Nationals. I'm excited to see some of the guys they're sending. Um uh, I'm just – we'll get to it in a second. First, I want to lead with you got to see two studs in AAA yeah. yesterday. Um, Andy Rodriguez yeah. and Quinn Priester. Yeah. Andy is back on the heater, and Quinn had a pretty solid start. That was his AAA debut, correct? Yeah, it was. You say back on the heater. Did he ever get off the heater? No, and it's funny because we just roll reverse. You, you texted me. I think what he said, like you said, Andy's Andy's back on it again. And I was like, he never he never left. And you're right, he really never stopped hitting. No, so you asked me if I hate baseball, and I said oh. Andy reignited the flame for me. Oh, I thought you were saying like Andy reignited his flame. No, he's never stopped. He continues no. to hit, and it's just amazing when you see players that continue to climb level, level, level. And don't miss a beat. And it's the same thing for him right now. He jumps to AAA, and there's been no acclimation process, right? And I think you can speak to it a little bit better after watching all seven of his at-bats through the last two games. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's start with some of the other guys because the Indianapolis has gotten more fun now. They kind of stagnated a little bit when O'Neill Cruz and Rodolfo Castro and Cal Mitchell and Jack Sawinski all kind of got up. Um, There were still fun guys on that team, but uh, in terms of like big league talent level, it stagnated a little bit. And then you got this infusion of not only Andy, not only Priester, but Malcolm Nunez, who came over from the Cardinals in the Jose Quintana deal, Mm -hmm. who homered yesterday. Uh, Blake Sable came up about two weeks before them. Blake Sable, a a higher round pick of the Pirates a couple of years ago at a USC who is very talented. Um, and then you got, you know, some other guys, a pop-up guy like Colin Selby, right-hander, that, like, you know, doesn't look like he's going to pump 99, but he pumps 99 in the strike zone. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, fascinating the, the injection of youth that they got, and it didn't include the three guys that you were going to circle ahead of the year that were going to start in double-A and Leover Piguero, Nick Gonzalez, Henry Davis. None of those yeah. three guys are up. So uh, the Pirates, I think, are in a good spot, but it, it starts with Andy. Um, I I said on the broadcast, he, he got thrown out trying to stretch a two-run single with the bases loaded into a two-run double. And I said, you can't make this guy up because that's four RBIs for him in his second AAA game. His first AAA game, 
He had a single that was about 105 miles an hour through the right side of the infield on the second pitch he saw in AAA. The first pitch he saw the next plate appearance, he lines a ball the other way, batting left-handed down the left field line. And then he pumps a sack fly down the right field line that's just shy of the warning track. Um, He jumps on pitches early in counts. He doesn't strike out much. We've talked about that. I yeah. mean, the, the K rate, I think, under 20% yeah. stands right now for Andy. Um, and, and when he does put the ball in play, it's not this massively whippy swing. Um, Howard Kelman, I work with, and, and I brought him up on the Just Baseball Show side, but Howard has been the voice of the Indianapolis Indians for 46 years now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, his his thinking is more old school than mine. And there are some old school cues that he has used and the one that resonated with me when he was talking about Andy Rodriguez was it looks like he has great wrists probably does he's not that big of a dude no he doesn't have this massively whippy swing doesn't generate a ton feels like he's got great wrists (laughs) he can get bat on ball and shoot it any which way he wants um, and Anna Kaiser, who does phenomenal stuff as the Indians uh, baseball communications coordinator, she spearheads a lot of the social media stuff as well. And, you know, handles like the day to day baseball communication side, whether that be like game notes and all that stuff. Um, I told her my single favorite thing about this sport is seeing how long shit like that lasts. Yeah. And, and for Andy Rodriguez, it's lasted for a long time. Man. I think it's going to keep going, man. And you talk about the the way he's able to just kind of manipulate the barrel and, and get to pitches from both sides of the plate. His body control is impressive as hell. Uh, he's just a really natural, natural hitter. There's no better way to put it than that because it's just one of those things where he sees the ball, he hits it, and it works for him. I bet you if you asked him about hitting, he wouldn't be that helpful because he's one of those guys where it just comes that naturally. It's Weimer, right? It's Weimer where it's like, yeah, I just see it and I just like put a swing on it. And yeah. It. Who, by the way, is is standing on his head in AAA, striking out less yep. than 20% of the time and figured something out on, on another level. Our two Biloxi guys, Weimer and Sal, they're both oh, going. Sal, Sal, forget it. Oh, my gosh. With Sal's hitting for power now. It's over. <laughs> Sal's hitting homers. It's absolutely over. Um, real quick on Priester. I have been very harsh on Priester and not because I don't like him. I've heard he's actually a phenomenal guy uh, and, and a really hard worker and, and really just he, he knows how to pitch. Yeah. But the stuff was a concern for me. The fastball is not great, but he has found a way to mask that fastball and also is locating it better, which helps him a ton. So he's able to, to locate, not miss over the middle with that. And then he's got the secondaries that really go led by the curveball there. What did you think from your your Priester look uh, in that first AAA outing? Yeah, I, I think the fastball lives well at the bottom of the zone. I, that was the big thing that I took away from it. There were a couple of times where he left it over the heart of the plate. And listen, he was featuring a dec- – yeah. he was facing a decimated St. Paul lineup. I mean, that yeah. lineup has – very minimal intrigue in it. You, you've got a couple of rehabbers in Larnick and Ryan Jeffers in that lineup. So so he was dealing with Larnick and Jeffers. But, you know, I was telling you, you've got Wander Javier as the eight-hitting shortstop in that lineup. Javier was hitting 209 in high A. And he got the yeah. bump up because double-A Wichita's in the postseason. Yeah, um, I just want to get him at bats. Yeah, like, so Wichita's in the postseason, so they're keeping all their guys. And, and Minnesota is decimated offensively, so they pulled up the guys like Walner. And, and all the other ones that, you know, were, were thriving in St. Paul. So, um, 
yet, like, I, I think the Priester, he lived well with the fastball at the bottom of the zone. I wanted yeah. to see the curveball more than we actually saw it. I saw the curveball probably four or five times yesterday at a 71 pitch. There might have been a concerted effort to to get outs without it, though. Like, he you did know, not, yeah, he did you not. You know, the curveball is a, a big league plus pitch. So maybe, maybe they're challenging him. You know, I, that's something that at this point in the season, why not? Right. Because curveball is a pitch he uses the most. It's absolutely dominant and he lands it for a strike more than any of his other offerings. Like, think about that for a second. He lands his t- like big curve for a strike more than than his fastball more than a slider like that shouldn't be the case so i wonder if there's a concerted effort to you know just use those secondaries before we get into the fall league though the, the one thing that is interesting to me is talking about the fastball not being great curveball slider and changeup you, you pair those three together opponents hit 165 205 200 against those three pitches this year uh which you, you combine them together usage wise it's about 38% of the time. So on 38% of his pitches, opponents have a 400 OPS. That's how you mask a, a mediocre fastball. Yeah, yeah, but the worry is he's throwing a fastball and a sinker 62% of the time. Why yeah. not drop that and, and, you know, go to four or five pitches, one of the four or five at any moment? If you are 50-50 with the split between fastball, whether it be four-seamer or sinker, and, you know, slider curveball change, You've got guys on their heels all the time. And, I agree. Um, you know, we were looking at it year by year. Priester has dropped his four-seamer usage a little bit. Um, I, I think that will continue to be the case. I bet next year we're actually looking at a 50-50 split, and um, there's a chance that he's dominant with it. Another thing, velo-wise, the, the fastball, you know, it, it feels not electric. Like, we've got Mike Burrows, who is – pretty much the second best pitching prospect in the pirate system. I think Burroughs is great. And I actually think Burroughs is a higher ceiling than Priester because uh-huh. the fastball is so freaking electric. Um, you know, like you see that fastball where it's high spin lives well belt and above Priester is kind of the opposite where, you know, he probably functions best as a sinker slider curveball guy. So you, you've got some variation here. Yeah, and and I think you know with the pitchability though he he's got a good chance to be a, a rotation piece for the Pirates, and they need guys like that at the end of the day as they're building for the future. Even if he's not that front line upside guy. How about this? How about at some point next year, Luis Ortiz, Rolancy Contreras, Mike Burrows, Quinn Priester in the same rotation in Pittsburgh? It'll be fun. I think it'll be really fun. I, I'm excited about that, and I'm excited to see how they continue to to try to build the pitching side. I, I still think they should trade Brian Reynolds for more pitching. I really do. And yeah. the Marlins are the perfect fit for that. I would love to see them do that. But I think they should they should look to trade Brian Reynolds for pitching. But that's a, that's another conversation. Real quick before we get to the Fall League as well, uh, Ezekiel Tovar called up. Very yes. surprising. He was in double A, uh, got, was lighting it up in Hartford, got hurt, and then went to triple for a couple games, homered. And now he's getting called up to the big leagues super awesome he is so good he's extremely young it's a bit of a quote-unquote rush but I don't care because he's already an elite defender at shortstop the bat you can't doubt it from what he's done this year the bats of ball skills are great the approach is phenomenal he's way ahead of his years teammates love him really mature I know that played a part into it and the Rockies really do look into the makeup side of things and look for the right fits you know in terms of what they're building in their clubhouse there I'm a big fan of Tovar, and he will be my, one of my favorites for 2023 Rookie of the Year. I'm telling you that now. 
Yeah, uh, I think so. As a 20-year-old in AA this year, he just turned 21 a month ago. 66 games, a 153 WRC+. plus. I yeah. mean, if if he's running out of 150 WRC+, plus in, in a pitcher-friendly environment um, relative to the rest of the Rockies system, like Fresno features hitters. Uh, Spokane, hitters. Albuquerque, hitters to the nth degree. But, you know, th- that's really where pitchers in the Rockies system can thrive is in Hartford. And the fact that he was putting up a 153 WRC plus there um, with gold glove caliber defense says phenomenal things about Ezekiel Tovar. I think I might be with you on the NL rookie of the year train. The bat's going to play in Denver as well. Uh, A lot of space for him to dump balls in the gap. And also he's got the power to hit it out of there. Uh, Let's go with the National League East here and who they're sending to the Arizona Fall League. We'll start with the Braves who the Braves. Here's the thing. You might not know, you might not have heard of some of these prospects, but you better brace for them being probably pretty good because we've seen through the years, the Braves are pretty good at that. Justin Henry Malloy is somebody that might fit in that bucket. Outfield prospects had a phenomenal year. Cal Conley, a shortstop, also well-regarded prospect in their system. And then a few pitchers, Jose Montilla, Alex Segal, Austin Smith, and Alan Winnens. I'll start with Justin Henry Malloy who had a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Sixth-round pick in 2021. He was okay, pretty solid in 2021 in low A. And then this year, he's found his way climbing three levels. Started in high A, lit up high A to the tune of 304, 409, 479. Gets the bump up to double, pretty much more of the same. Lit it up there to a 125 WRC+. Now he's in triple, and he homered already in his first two games. It's been a phenomenal year for him, still just 22 years old. All of a sudden, like many other prospects, way ahead of schedule. He also has the capability of playing some infield too, which is very fascinating. He can play third. He can play outfield. They're putting him in the outfield now because I think they're looking at him as a potential big league option here uh, in in the near future. And now we're going to see him in the fall league. Yeah, um, I've got some things on Conley for you sure. um i don't know much about malloy at all but but conley i i was really impressed by him at texas tech a- and this was a 2021 draftee he finished the year in low a last year and then this year between low and high a pretty good 43 extra base hits including 16 bombs he was 36 for 44 in the stolen base department a- in low and high a so he is a nice blend of power and speed he strikes out a little bit not an egregious amount you would like to see him walk a touch more um, and, and he hit 251. You would hope to see him, you know, maybe sacrifice a little bit of that power for a little bit more hit accumulation, bat to ball. Um, but I, they've got another middle infielder here, and they probably won't need him. Like they're probably going to extend Dansby, uh, and you've got Ozzy Albies on that deal. You've got Von Grissom here, um, and you know. Don't ignore the fact that what Braden Shoemaker is still in the system, right? Like he can he can fill in every now and again. Um, this is another organization with a surplus of middle infield talent. And, and Cal Conley, if he has a good fall league, this feels like the perfect guy to move at next year's deadline. When you locate what you need to improve to try and win your third World Series in a row. <laughs> when they win again this year, um, Conley might be the guy that's moved for a marquee bullpen arm if they need a bullpen arm or if they need a five, like he might be the headliner of three prospects that go. And I mean, switch hitter seems to get better and better as he continues to get ABs. It's maybe he's a contingency plan too. Who knows if they hold on to Dansby? So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. And 
it'll be interesting to see how he performs out there as well. They uh, have to hold them, on to Dansby. Yeah, I agree. Have I to. agree. That, I agree for a lot of reasons. The pitchers that they're all sending out there are mostly fastball slatter guys. So yeah, I, 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 I look at them as potentially bullpen pieces that they're seeing how how aggressive they can be with them in this opportunity out there. Uh, the only guy that maybe has a little bit of a starter's arsenal is Alan Winnens, but you know, not the best arsenal in the world. These guys could all be bullpen pieces, and I think they're going to try them out there. Uh, cool. Going to the Marlins. Marlins are sending a couple interesting players here. Jose Salas, yeah. who is – a fringe top 100 guy, one of those that is just on the outside but has all of the talent in the world as an infield prospect, one of their prized international free agents. Joe Mack, former compensation A-round draftee, was hurt for most of this year, so fits the perfect bill there as a guy that just you want to get more A-Bs for, a powerful hitting catcher with good defensive skills. Victor Mesa Jr., who, of course, came – over is that package deal with Victor. Victor Mesa. Victor He's Mesa Jr. Mesa. Is, is the better Mesa. Nice left-handed stroke. Not quite the year that people were hoping to see. So we'll see how he builds on that. And then some pitchers in here. Tyler Eckberg, Justin Fall, Holt Jones, and Chandler Joswiak. I'll start with Salas, who he held his own as a very young player in high A. And I know the Marlins are extremely high on Salas. Numbers were not the best, 230, 319, 340 slash line out there, but he was 19 years old and a young 19, I think 18 actually when he first got there. Uh, put up great numbers in low A. I assume he'll repeat high A, get some valuable at-bats there, but he stole 33 bases on 34 attempts. He did leave the yard nine times. His strikeout rate was right at about 20%, which is solid, and he walked more as the year went on. It's a switch hitter. He might move to third. He's, as he fills out, but I, I do like Salas, and he's going to be one of my favorite breakout candidates for next season. The greatest show on turf at ABC Supply Stadium in downtown Beloit. It's uh, <laughs> what was it called? Pullman Field. It was there forever. Uh, it yeah, was, I heard it was, it was dumb, not nice. But, yeah, uh, Griff and Kona, Griff didn't get to play at uh, at ABC Supply Stadium. No, right when he left, it was it was updated. Oh, what a mess. Um. Listen, Salas was 33 for 34 in the stolen base yeah. department. And, and I know that those numbers are inflated a little bit in minor league baseball. I mean, now more than ever before, not only do you see these crazy high stolen base numbers, but you see these crazy good stolen base efficiency numbers. And I don't know the that's, rhyme that's or reason. That's what to look at, though. I mean, you, if you look at the efficiency, that's something you can buy into a bit more. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, 33 bags, take it with a grain of salt, but 33 bags and 34 attempts – that's something you can actually look at. Um, he's young. He's obviously really fast. But as we know, every prospect person ever believes that every Major League Baseball player will get slower as uh, as they <laughs> hit 25, 26 years old. So, um, it, yeah, we'll see how Salas looks when he actually hits 20 years old because you and I, I don't think we're, we're done putting the finishing touches on puberty at 19 years old. Um, I think that's probably the case with Jose Salas, too. So he's his got body may transform, out. but he was good enough in high A. I was surprised. I saw him on the backfields before the season. Swing, he's got a really nice swing, but he's got a lot of room to fill out still. So I assume he adds some weight. He goes to third base. Speed may not totally play up the same way, but he'll still add some value there. And, and I mean, that's a really interesting prospect for the Marlins, who they really need to develop uh, to, to balance out this system a little bit. Joe Mack. We hate high school catchers, right? Everybody in, in the prospect world is supposed to hate high school catchers. Sure, I understand that. Joe Mack's got a pretty good stroke from the left side. Came back from injury, put up a decent offensive season in low A and a very 
unfriendly environment to hit in. Defense looked good in some spots. Plus raw power could be a nice prospect here. This is I'm just I just want to see him get as many at bats as possible. So I'm excited to see him get some more ABs there. Nothing too much on any of the arms. Joswiak is left-hander who looked really good in relief opportunities in double A. I like the stuff there. Could be a guy that they end up fast tracking to the big leagues at some point as a bullpen option, uh, but not too much else on the Marlins side. The the haters are trembling at Drew Romo if high school catchers are supposed to suck, right? Yeah, right, right. And Harry Ford soon, too, I'll tell and you. And Harry that. Ford, Great Britain star, Harry Great Ford. Great Britain superstar right Harry. now. Right? <laughs> it's pretty awesome to watch. And Jazz Chisholm will be playing in the World Baseball Classic with uh, Great Britain as well. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, next up is the New York Mets. And the New York Mets, not as sexy, but they're sending some notable prospects. Mike Vassell, who – was once a very, very highly regarded prospect. Bet on himself once at Virginia. Didn't quite go the way he thought it would out of high school, uh, but ultimately still gets drafted and has had some nice flashes this year and regained some VLO, so he's definitely worth watching. Uh, Grant Hartwig, a right-handed pitching prospect, is pretty well regarded in their system. Stanley, Con- I hope, Consuegra, Christian Scott, Kevin Kendall, who another guy who I did like on the backfield, so interested to see. How he looks out there was was injured for parts of the season. Troy Miller, Brandon McIlvain, and then also Luke Ritter and Franklin Sanchez. I think Kevin Kendall's underrated. I, I do like him at shortstop. He's a super utility guy who can just spray the ball all over and run. Christian Scott's a big arm. Vassal's a guy to watch here, though. He's, he's a pitcher, man. He, he is a pitcher. You're hoping to develop him into a back end of the rotation arm. I haven't checked in on how he really finished the season, but there were spurts this year where Mike Vassell was really solid. You look at the year as a whole, in high A, I mean, the numbers were, were fine. You look at the ERA, it's high, but the strikeout numbers were there. Walks got better as the year went on. I think you're hoping for a back end of the rotation starter here with three above average pitches. Yeah, overall decent. 17 starts between low and high A as a 22-year-old, so he was old for low A. He was on par with high A. Um Again, 3-5-3, third innings, struck out 85, walked 26. So that's about 10.5 Ks per nine, about 3.5 walks per nine. Um, you know, like, fine, fine. He didn't get hit very hard. Um, I feel like he had the tendency to beat himself. Um, so, you know, we, we'll see what he looks like, but you're right. I Like, I remember this guy being the dude that showed up to Virginia from BC Prep in Boston, and, and you were thinking – oh, like here's another one of those Northeast arms that instead of going uh, the Frank Mazzucato route where he goes top 10 in the draft, he's he's going to college and, and will test it here. And he was underwhelming at Virginia. Like he was bad his freshman year and then he was good, but COVID hit his sophomore year and he was bad again his junior year in 2021. So we'll see which Mike Vassell shows up this next month. Yep, and I think they're trying to figure out exactly where he stacks up, but you're hoping for that back end of the rotation. Hartwig's a solid arm as well. I think Scott has some potential and upside. Kevin Kendall, it's upsetting because I loved what I saw on the backfields. I loved what I saw in spring training, and he got hurt and missed the entire season. So he played three games this entire year. Uh, This is just an opportunity to get reps, and he's a dark horse. I really think this is a big league utility guy out of UCLA. He's got to make up for lost time, but – left-handed bat that can play all over and can motor a little bit. Does he fit my Tyler McDonough mold? I think he does. I really think right. he does. I, right. I, I I was very impressed with the way 
uh, he was able to spray the ball all over and, and sneaky impact there as well. How'd my guy McDonough finish? Do we know? I think he fell off a little bit, right? I'll tell you right now. Tyler McDonough uh, spent the whole year in high A. Oof. Hit 230 with a 667 yeah. OPS. Yeah, that's what's going to happen with some of your low ceiling college guys that you like. Every yeah, once in a while, they're my... just going to—they're just not going to hit at the at that level as they I'm get out there. It's just, hope. Yeah, he's twenty three in high A. He's got a ton of time. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Nationals. Um, one really awesome prospect, and then a bunch of of semi interesting <laughs> prospects. Uh, they're sending Robert Hassel the third. Yeah, let's go. Very very pumped about that. Obviously, one of the main pieces sent over in that Juan Soto deal. They're sending the Yasel Antuna, who yes. was one of the most highly regarded international free agents. Colt favorite. Colt has not panned out the way that uh, many Nationals fans were hoping. Drew Millis, catching prospect. Darren Baker, who we know who Baker is, uh, son of Dusty Baker. Can put the bat on the ball. Tim futures Kate. game. Yeah, futures game. Darren Baker, Tim Kate, left-handed pitching prospect who had a very nice season, uh, but yeah. stuff lacks a little bit, but he, he can just pitch. Uh, yeah. Will Frizzle, first base prospect. Lucas Knowles, a left-handed pitching prospect. Brady Lindsay, a catcher. Orlando Ribalta, a right-hander. And Amos Willingham, a yeah. right-hander. Hassel struggled in double, finished a bit strong relative to you know what he started like out there. And I think they just want to see him build on that and just get him – more opportunity to continue hitting, continue seeing pitches. He's still very young. He has a polished hitter that for the first time, I think we saw kind of face more of that prolonged adversity, not worried about him. This is exactly what he needs and he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to hit well out there. I, I really do. Yeah. We, we saw him transform, right? We, we saw him become that less of a power threat and more of a, I don't know. Would you say prototypical leadoff man? Yeah, I think he's that prototypical like leadoff or number two type hitter. It's and I think he's going to lean into that more. I, I don't know if he's going to ever try to be the twenty to twenty five home run guy, and that's okay. That's fine. Okay. He could still yeah. be a borderline all star like that. Yeah, that, that's that's the beauty of of Hassel's game. He's twenty four for twenty seven in the stolen base department this year. Just eleven homers, but he hit twenty five doubles. That doubles number can climb to 30. That homer number can climb to 15 as he continues to fill out. Remember, he's still 20 years old. So, you know, nothing to worry about there. Like, he was still, I mean, he finished, he's what, 20 years old in double A? Like, let's, or he just turned 21 on August 15th. Yeah. Let's not worry no, at all. He is a very young 21. He's going to be 21 for the overwhelming majority of the year next year. Uh, and he will start in double A. He'll probably hit close to 300. He'll probably have an OBP close to 375, 380. And Hassel is going to look like one of the leadoff guys of the future for the Washington Nationals. I think Hassel leading off and Abrams as the two hitter ahead of James Wood. That sounds great, doesn't it? I'm in on that. <laughs> I'm very in on that. And again, Hassel finished the year really nicely. And I think that's something that they really want to see him just continue to build on. And I mean, if Hassel went to the fall league and struggled, I'd be a little bit concerned, not the most concerned, but a little bit concerned. But over the last 15 games at 291, got on base at a 371 clip, did a little bit of everything. And we know that he's looked good in center field. So excited to see Hassel just build on a strong finish and uh, try to, 
parlay that into a strong start to double a next year. Yes. Tuno technically had an above average offensive season in, in high a, I think it was. Uh, so I know you're shaking in your boots, but uh, I don't really have much else on any of these other guys. Tim Kate might end up being a needed back end of the rotation piece for them. Kate really hit a wall though in double a, and I just don't think the stuff is good enough. Uh, it's, it's easier classic pitchability lefty with a good curveball that you're praying can be a poor man's rich hill. <laughs> but I mean, he, he just got hit hard this year. He just, he just got hit really hard and, and I'm not sure he's going to have the stuff to translate, but they want to see what they've got here in Tim Kate. Yasel Antuna. I don't know why you think I'm shaking. He's my favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> I know, was shaking he was with like- excitement. He was about $4 million worth of their international pool. The, the Nats do one thing really well, and that is break the bank on a 15-year-old Latin kid. Like that That's what the Nats do. They did it with um, – who else did they do it with? They did it with Soto. Um, did they do it with Victor Robles? Yes. Yeah, they did it with Antuna. Antuna was the big one. Uh, he was They've the big done it fish. with other guys that I've already forgot about. That's yeah. kind of the um, thing. No, but I mean like – and Tuna, he's been around for so long. He's been a name that everybody's known for so freaking long, and he's still 22 years old. So um, he finished the year in double as a 22-year-old. That's well below the average age of double-A hitters. So, um, yeah, like, Antuna's going to have some intrigue here. Real quick, Lucas Knowles, Amos Willingham, 2019 Auburn Double Days. I was the announcer for the 2019 Auburn Double Days. Very nice guys. Um, both could be relievers at the big league level, I think. Mid-90s and there's a lot of guys that, that that's the thing you send them to the fall league. They're two pitch guys, could be relievers at the big league level. Let's see what they got. And yeah, that, that's kind of the, the, the mold there. Moving on to another NL East team. And I thought they'd send nobody I cared about, but they're actually sending some some players that I'm interested in watching. Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. No McAble, no Andrew Painter. Obviously, I don't think anybody was expecting either of those guys to go there. They showed enough this year. But somebody that I was expecting to have a nice season and did show flashes but didn't quite do it the way I was hoping, Johan Rojas, outfield prospect going out there. Also, Francisco Morales fits the mold of, can this guy be a big league reliever for us soon? Uh, they sent him out there. Uh, Jalen Ortiz, another relevant outfield prospect. Carlos De La Cruz, first base slash outfield Taylor Lehman, a left-handed pitcher, and Brett Schulz, a right-handed pitcher. I'm excited for Rojas because if this guy can hit a little bit, just a little bit, he is a really fun player. Rojas missed time with an injury, so this season ended up getting a bit, you know, just lost from him. What's interesting is he struggled in high A, got promoted to double A, and then ultimately ended up putting up better numbers in double. It was a shame because I wanted to see him continue to build on that and and the injury cut the season short for him a little bit. So this is an opportunity for him to get more reps. But again, he struggled in high, was the definition of average and double 100 WRC plus. But how about this? Between those two levels, and this guy freaking flies. You talk about questioning the validity of stolen bases. You don't have to with Johan Rojas. Quick mental math, 33 in high A, 29 in double A. That is 62 stolen bases correct on 66 tries he has the kind of speed where it's it's you know lead the league in stolen bases department and he didn't strike out a lot so i still have hope for the bat only a 17 percent strikeout rate this year 
I like Rojas a lot, man. I, I think he can hit enough to make it work. You swipe 62 bags, you need to have an on-base percentage over 309. And he had a, he had a 309 OBP. That's mm-hmm. not going to cut it. Especially a minor league OBP at 309, that yeah. means you can dock it about 30 points when you get to the big league level because the pitchers are so much better. Um, the pitchers don't go anywhere. If you're if you're a good pitcher, newsflash, everybody. If you're a good pitcher in minor league baseball, you get bumped up to the next level. Um, if you yeah, are a good pitcher in major league baseball, there's nowhere else to go. You just kind of stick around. Yeah. So he's going to face much better pitching when he gets up there. So a 309 OBP probably drops to about a 280 OBP, and that is not going to cut it in the slightest. So um, I – Hopefully he walks more or gets more hits and uh, he can put those 62 stolen bases to really good use. Uh, another one, Hylene or Jalen? Dude, I, I trust you on that one. I would guess Hylene. Um, J-H-A-I-L-Y-N. Hylene Ortiz. Hylene, yeah, that would make more sense. Big body dude, 6'3", 220. He swings like it. He's got some juice. I And I'm, those are the guys that remember like Nelson – uh, Velasquez and what he did. Yeah, he's got just, juice. Just how he was a barely a top 30 guy for the Cubs, went to the Fall League, went nutty, and people are like, oh, okay. And <laughs> that guy's got juice. Interested to see if Ortiz can fit that mold. One quick thing on Rojas, which is interesting to me, 86% zone contact, chase Good. rate's palatable, swinging strike rate of, of 10%, which is really solid, hits the ball hard relative to his size, 102.8, you know, 90th percentile exit velo. Like, what's missing here? I don't know. It's weird. I got to watch more ABs, but he hits the ball hard. He flies. The bat to ball is pretty good. I still think Rojas could break out elite defensive potential in center field. This is a prospect, and I'm going to say this is this is a fall star in in Arizona this this fall. Uh, anybody else you have any any interest in discussing I know Morales is definitely really. someone they're hoping can contribute in some way like not really <laughs> yeah that's that's about it um we'll go to the National League Central and I love this because we talked Brewers prospects recently right we we highlighted Tyler Black as someone that was probably going to go to the fall league due to due to injury what was it he he fractured his scapula in the outfield yeah, well, diving for a ball when he's yep. an infielder, he's an infielder. They moved him to the outfield. I think that long-term he's, they're hoping to play him in the outfield. He's got to learn how to dive a little bit and, and just get more comfortable out there. We saw that with Andrew Vaughn, Jefferson Carroll, one of my favorite prospects that no one knows about catcher. He will be a false star. I'll bet my life on it. Yeah. Russell Smith, left-handed pitching prospect, Logan Henderson, right-hander, Abner Uribe, a right-hander, Ryan middle Middendorf, a right-hander, Javon Ward, an outfielder, and Xavier Warren, an infielder. It's a good little crop here of prospects that they're sending over. Black, elite hit tool. Not too much else to dream on, but the bat to ball is there, and you're hoping for positional versatility. There's fringe average power. You got a regular here. Carroll, I think, is their catcher of the future. He's going to really boost up that prospect status as he puts it up on big display there because he had a nice offensive season. If he can continue to build on that now there, He's going to be considered a top 100 prospect, I think, by the midway of next season. That's how much I like. Caro made a nice adjustment to high A. Anything you have on any of these specific guys? Xavier Warren, someone who's always been interesting, liked him since the Cape League, but hasn't quite put it together totally. Anybody you're you're keying in on here? 
Yeah, I'm trying to get an actual height measurement on Russell Smith because pretty much everywhere he's listed at 6'7", 255. 6'9". I've got 6'9 here. Yeah, did you get that from Pipeline? Pipeline in the description has 6'9". Where did you get it? It's, Where it's, do you get your data? <laughs> no, I mean, Russell Smith, like, okay, so 6'9", 255, massive, massive human being. Um, not necessarily the Chris Young mold where he's sitting 88 with his fastball. He's 93 to 95 for the most part with his fastball, right? Um, down from that this year. Ah, okay. Um, but like a dude that big, you, you immediately think durability there. Uh, and he already had Tommy John when he was at TCU. Oh, great. So got it out of the way. My son's getting Tommy John out of the womb. The worst thing to happen to that narrative was Walker Bueller. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, he yeah. already had it. Can't have it again. He's indestructible. Um, but yeah, I mean, Russell Smith, like that, that's a big dude who I'm gonna I'm gonna be intrigued by watching just because he's 6'9, 250, like a hoss of a human being. Uh Carol, you forced me to fall in love with him, much like Andy Rodriguez. So uh, yeah, you got to dude. Trust me. That's all. Yeah. That's all I need. Just dude. Trust me. Yeah. So this is another month of putting the dude. Trust me to the test. <laughs> well, I, I love it because I've been bugging you about Andy for so long and now he's just right in front of you, which is just which is so awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, now Carol I'm jealous of you. Now, now you're the one texting me Andy updates and uh, which is which is pretty freaking awesome. And uh, that's the beautiful part about being in triple now is we're seeing if you were the triple A broadcaster two, three years ago. No freaking shot you see, Andy. We're seeing guys get fast-tracked so much more that it is just – it's so cool to to see teams be more aggressive with their guys. One thing I'll say on Russell Smith, though, his best pitch is his changeup. I love big-ass dudes whose best pitch is their changeup. Develop that slider, buddy. Get that fastball up a few ticks. Might have something interesting here. But I just like tall guys, too, so I'm in on that. Xavier Warren, they experimented with him at catcher. It didn't work. I appreciate the experimentation there. He's more back to the infield thing again. Warren could be a utility guy. He's going to have to hit more, but he can be a utility guy. He did have 12 homers between high A and double A this season. He walks a good amount. He can run. You're hoping the offense ticks up now that he doesn't have to worry about catching anymore. Uh, And that's something to kind of monitor here. 100%. You ready for this one? I'm like, whew, this is – I want to just thank the St. Louis Cardinals yeah, for making the Arizona Fall League lit as hell. <laughs> um, the Cardinals are sending Jordan Walker, may have heard of him. Mason Wynn, may have heard of him. Tink Hentz, Connor Thomas, Ryan Ludos, Mike Antico, Kyle Leahy, and Pedro Pages. Dude. They're sending the, the whole farm. They're sending all of the studs out there. Like, I would have been pissed if they sent Libby. That the, if they sent Libertor, he would have been the fourth most interesting prospect they were sending out here. Uh, and I'm not trying to just hit Libertor with strays. But, like, Jordan Walker is one of the best prospects in baseball. Mason Wynn is a top 50 prospect. Better than that. Tank Hentz is a top 50 to 60 prospect. And then Mike Antico – Swiped like 50 bags this year. <laughs> um, and Petro Pages is a, is a potential catching option for them long term. Uh, where do you want to start, my friend? I want to start with Connor Thomas, actually. <laughs> um, nice. I do. I actually do. Connor Thomas threw a uh, Connor Thomas threw a complete game against Indianapolis. And, and he may not have intrigue. He's a lefty that throws 90. 
But Connor Thomas at Georgia Tech was a strike thrower. Connor Thomas in the minor leagues is a strike thrower. Cool. And he is a subdued Steven Matz. I tell you that. Um, Thomas is a guy that I genuinely believe can be a major league starting pitcher. Back of the rotation. This is a guy that can get you through. Um, I, I view it as the Davis Martin mold where he can come up. He can be that, you know, have the flight named after him from Memphis to St. Louis and get up, throw five innings, a two-run ball, and then go right back down. Um, and, and I think that there's room for more. I don't think he's going to be a middle-of-the-rotation guy, but I think he can be a five in a rotation, which is crazy that like we're talking about somebody that's not on their top 30 because um, they added guys like Cooper Jerpy and Pete Hansen. Um, I mean, th- this system is more loaded than I think anybody wants to admit. Oh, it's way more loaded than people than a lot of. I think people are starting to now because of this three-headed monster that they have at the at the top. And Jordan Walker, I'm re, I, I was, if it weren't for the outfield experimentation, I wouldn't have thought he'd get sent out there. As no. I saw them continue to to put him in the outfield, perfect to send him out there. Get your reads in an area where the ball is going to carry like hell, and. Look, Walker is so talented physically for his size with a 70-grade arm, maybe even close to an 80-grade arm, that it would be crazy to assume that Walker won't be able to adjust in the outfield. And I watched uh, recently as I was updating the the Jordan Walker write-up, watched a little bit more of him in the outfield, looked a lot more comfortable just even over the last few games. So it's something that he had never really done, needed to get comfortable with it, continue to get more comfortable with it, and just get him more reps out there. This is where he's going to play for the next couple of years. He's hit so well that he could be in the big leagues next year. Yeah. He ain't displacing Nolan Arenado, so, and he ain't displacing Paul Goldschmidt. So it's outfield or wait for him, and I think he will develop enough to be a really solid right fielder. Mason Wynn. I, w- I wonder what the idea is with Wynn here. Maybe more to see how quick they can fast track him because shortstop, who's playing shortstop for them next year? Edmund and Gorman at second. They just optioned Nolan Gorman. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'm not saying Mason Wynn ju- is the starter right away, but I think there's a, a hope here that Wynn could get up at some point midseason if whoever you have at shortstop is not performing to the level that you think he should or the level you want from that position. So this is just an opportunity to continue to develop win, see if you can push him straight to triple next year and see how quick he can get up to the big leagues. Tell you what, man. I mean, DeYoung has been solid since he got back up, but I bet this start to the year for Mason win was why John Moselock was comfortable moving in Mundo Sosa at the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. really think so. Um, Because Sosa was always going to be the stopgap for Mason Wynn, but I think they realized that you might not need a stopgap for as long as you initially anticipated. Um, Wynn can be a defensive freak right away. And you send me some clips. <laughs> dude is nuts. I mean, he throws a laser dude. beam. It, it's it's an eighty. It's an eighty arm. I've told you one of my one of my favorite late night things because I don't have much of a social life is if I can't sleep. You know, if I find myself up at like twelve thirty or one a.m. Andrelton Simmons gold glove highlights with the Atlanta. I do that Braves. with Arenado. I do that. Yeah, with Arenado that's what we're gonna be doing with Mason Wynn in two years. Yeah. Promise. Oh, guarantee it. Guarantee it. Just watching him throw the ball across is just fun. To, it's fun to see. Tink Hentz, they managed his workload really well. 
and now he's going to get to just continue to to get more innings under his belt. This guy's special. I athlete, explosive fastball, really good stuff. This is a good opportunity for him to pitch against way more I would say advanced hitters because he he didn't get above low A. So this is a really good chance for him to just be challenged and I think the Cardinals are really excited about what they've got out of Tin Cans. You want to know the craziest part about that trio? Same freaking draft class. Same freaking 20, draft class. 2020 high schoolers? 2020 high schoolers. Fuck. And you know who else is in that class? Graceffo, right? Uh, is he in that class? You know who else is, though, is Alec Burleson. Burleson was in that class. No, Graceffo was last year out of Villanova. So Walker, Wynn, Hence Burleson, all in the same draft class. There were five rounds. Yeah, there were five <laughs> rounds. That's unfair. Real quick, Mike Antico, don't sleep on him. Really could be a, a good fourth outfielder. And somebody that when when you got to throw him in as a guy to play 100 games for you because someone got hurt, you're not upset about. Sneaky power, 14 homers between high A and double A. Needs to be a little bit more consistent with the bat, but walks. 67 stolen bases on 74 tries. He flies. I think he's a high probability fourth outfielder that to put in perspective, Mike Siani just got promoted. I think he could be a better, better option than Mike Siani. I like Antico. Um, definitely worth following here and interested to see how, uh, how the bat continues to progress for him there. Yeah. What'd you make of Siani getting the call up? Real quick. He's a perfect fourth outfielder. He's an yeah. elite defender, puts yeah. the bat on the ball, does all the little things. I like it. See what you got and see, you know, kind of how you can build from there. I, I think Siani's a big leaguer for a long time. I'm with you. Uh, other reason I love Connor Thomas, by the way, 5'11, a buck 70. That's lit. Like it's that. lit. Yeah. I can't, I can't use that word again for the rest of the episode. Don't let me. Uh, Cubs. I, I love who the Cubs are sending. Matt Mervis is lit, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that there we go. Then, then now we got to stop. But that that's one last one I can get out there. Who hit his thirty fifth home run? But how about Brandon Davis? Brandon yeah. Davis missed the whole season essentially. Uh, got off to a slow start, but I think he was trying to play through that back issue. Got that diagnosed. Got that taken care of. Comes back and has held his own since returning. And it, look, it's baby steps. We're talking about a guy who had a serious back issue and missed majority of the season just get those at bats get comfortable and get your body right um that's all that they're looking for with brendan davis i don't think we need him to light the world on fire just get right brendan uh and that's what i'm excited to see from him matt mervis i don't even know why he's going out there we've talked about this what what do they need to see from matt mervis other than maybe just oh okay 162 games we want to build him up for the full season next year or just we want to be as positive as possible. I don't know. Because let me tell you what Matt Mervis has done in AAA now at this point. And, and it's been every stop. So high A numbers were really good. A 182 WRC plus seven homers in 27 games. But he only walked 5% of the time and was striking out 24% of the time. Red flag, right? Oh, let's see how he does against more challenging pitching. Doubles his walk rate. Cuts the strikeout rate by 4%. And matches the home run pace, 14 home runs in 53 games. Okay, still not the highest walk rate. And the strikeout rate might still go up and triple, right? No, he goes to triple, maintains the home run rate, 14 homers in 51 games, cuts the strikeout rate to 14% and is now walking at a 10% clip. This guy is a joke. <laughs> he, he's made hitting look simple. 
<clears throat> excuse me, and if you combine those three levels this year, 309, 377, 613 slash line. That's a 990 OPS between those three levels. 35 homers, 76 extra base hits. Dude, why is he going to the Arizona Fall League? I don't know. <laughs> it's like stressing me out. Yeah, I don't know. Like, wait, what do you want me to say? Oh, because he needs Give to Give me a hit- reason. He needs to hit more nukes. I don't fucking know, dude. It doesn't make any sense. But you know what? We get another month of watching Mash Mervis, which I'm cool. Yeah, with. which I'm and I'm gonna be out there and I'm just excited to see him. So I, from that lens, I'm I'm pumped on that. Uh Bailey Horn, Zach Lee, Riley Martin, Sheldon Reed. Anything on those guys? No. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Matt Mervis, though. I mean, we're gonna look at, at the end of the year. He might have a hundred extra base hits now if we combine the Arizona fall. League. I'm in. Pirates sending a great group as well. Henry Davis, perfect candidate as someone who lost a lot of the year because he needs more games. Yeah, needs more games. I he's probably there's a good chance he is the best performer in that whole league. Yes. With, with him and Mervis, I think will be like going neck and neck for best offensive performers in that league. Quinn Priester going to get some more innings out there, which should yeah. be good. Nick Gonzalez need more abs. Another yeah. guy that just lost most of the year due to injury matt gorski big season can we build on that can we keep doing that that's what i'm interested to see tanaj thomas is a super talented arm was a international free agent guy out of the bahamas as an infielder moved him to the mound see how he does jacob gonzalez blake sable colin selby what you got um let's go name by name henry davis needs more games he was hurt uh it was a wrist thing i want to say he fractured his wrist you know needs more games i'm with you gonna be a crazy good performer priester innings are down because he missed the front part of the year with an oblique thing soft tissue in the post-covid world welcome to baseball yeah um so priester is uh he's just gonna meet that 100 inning threshold i think uh or get very close to it um throw these names at me again we got uh, Tanaj Thomas. Well, first, Matt Gorski, actually. And so, Gorski, really, really shitty thing on Tuesday night. Gorski makes his AAA debut. He's from Fishers, Indiana, which is a suburb about 20 minutes north of Indianapolis. Like, it was probably 20 minutes door to door from his home to Victory Field, the ballpark in Indy. Um, went to IU. You know, like he is the Indiana man. There was like media availability for him. He had a ton of friends and family there. He was on the 60 day. He missed from like end of June to end of August. He was actually on the 60 day for 60 days with a quad (laughs) issue. He slid for a ball down the right field line in his triple A debut and aggravated his quad again. So he might be done. He might he might be out um, for the fall league. So uh, what what a year he's had, though. So yeah, oh, I mean, what a year he's had. Juice. I think he'd take it. He'd take it all in all. But man, I mean, that's unfortunate. He'll be back there next year, though, uh, in Triple A, and yeah, we'll have plenty of friends and has a chance to, to get to the big leagues. What an awesome season he's had, power wise and just bats a ball for how much power he's put up. Yeah, who else we got? Nick Gonzalez, Nikki G. Same with Henry Davis. I'm not giving up on Nikki G. I will not give up. I will never give up on Nikki G. He is too good. He's going to hit out there. I mean, that's that's kind of his domain. <laughs> and I know that when he hits out there, we're going to say, oh, it's another hitter-friendly environment. Let's see how he does elsewhere. Las Cruces. <laughs> I don't care. I just want to see him healthy and consistent and 
he's going to be a performer out there too. Yeah, seventy four games, get him to a hundred. Like Omar Cruz. Uh, don't have much on Omar Cruz. I think he was one of those guys swapped in the big Joe Musgrove deal. Like he, Hudson Head, Andy Rodriguez all came to Pittsburgh in that Musgrove Joey Lucchese deal. Yeah, Cruz got good stuff. And then you're looking at a potential lefty reliever here. And that's another. He fits that other bucket, right? It's it's potential reliever. Tanaj Thomas moved him out of the rotation. Fastball used to touch triple digits. Now he operates more in the mid-90s. But he's so athletic out there on the mound. I, I, I'm always willing to monitor him. And then you said something about Selby earlier, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Sable and Selby uh, sound very similar. Blake Sable, like an 850 OPS this year between double and triple. He's got juice, man. I think Blake Sable is really good. Uh, he's got that build. He is, um, you know, your prototypical, like, he will do anything to be good on the baseball field. Like, I've seen yeah. him try and put down, like, a 2-0 bunt if he sees the infield shifting. Very Love interesting. It. Love it. Um, but he hits nukes, man. He hit a ball, I think, 108 that traveled, like, 426 yesterday. So, uh, very, very good, uh, Sable. And, and he's got a, a big league approach, too. And he's better in the bat-to-ball department than you would think. And Colin Selby yeah. was a pop-up guy. He was a starter his first two years in the Pirates system. Um you know, he is 24 years old, slight frame, pretty short guy, doesn't smile much. You're like, okay, what are we getting here? Like 93 to 95, like maybe a decent slider. 97 to 99 yesterday Ooh. in his AAA debut. I'm in. And, and he was pounding the zone. I think it's like 35 innings this year in Altoona, and it was like 41 punch outs, 14 walks. So if you throw strikes at 99 miles an hour, you're going to be good. We see so many triple a double a relievers 99 no idea where it's going if you know where it's going and it's 99 you can be mighty successful oh yeah that, that is for sure i i like the group that they're sending and it's it's a good balance of those interesting arms that could be bullpen guys and of course the the big upside offensive guys the yeah. reds are sending some talent as well uh, arguably as much talent as anybody else is sending noel v Marte headed out there recently acquired in the in the Luis Castillo deal. Yep. Marte had a really good year. But, you know, as I've talked about on this podcast, please use the whole field. Stop pulling the ball 55% of the time. Even with the shift being limited, it, it's it's an approach thing that will get exposed. I wonder nope. to see if they, if they work on that. Noel V. Marte playing for Spain in the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, yeah that's kind of sick, honestly. <laughs> no idea how that works, but super cool. And he's going to get reps out there. But, yeah, how does that work with the Fall League? Um, I, I'm sure he'll be back, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. But he had a good year. People really sleep on the bat to ball. It's just, if he uses the whole field, that hit tool trends closer to plus. Yes. But right now, pull happy got better as the year went on when he got to the reds I mean, walked more, walked at a 13 and a half percent clip in his 30 games with the reds only struck out 18% of the time, four homers, 10 bags. So 23 bags this year in high a 19 homers. Didn't strike out much. This is a really solid prospect who's probably going to be their third baseman of the future. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to try to get him more reps at shortstop and hope that he can develop there or if it's more of the, an offensive thing because I think their shortstop of the future is the other guy they're sending, Matt yes. McClain. Matt McClain, really good season. What the fuck happened to Ellie, dude? I think he's moving. Where? Third. I don't know. 
Wait, hold on. If Marte is the third baseman of the future, I don't know, dude. Like, like that's a cross the bridge when you get there thing. I don't want to stress about that. I'm just telling you where I think they thrive positionally. And the more I've watched Ellie De La Cruz, the more I'm concerned about his bricks for hands. Bro, you're crazy. What? The, you're crazy. The, 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 the hands are not great. <sighs> you're crazy. Okay. Right. Keep going with McLean. Matt McLean is a better shortstop defensively. I'll just be honest with you. And um, really productive season despite missing time with a wrist injury. And I always, like, you have to look at the wrist injury as missing time and then probably 20 impacted games of where you are just not quite where you want to be. Still hit 17 home runs, still swipe 27 bags on 30 tries. Strikeout rate a little bit high. I, I, I'm going to chalk up a little bit of that to the wrist injury. Walked at a great clip. I, I still think McLean is a really exciting prospect, even though the numbers were slightly below what we'd like to see. 232, 363, 453 slash line. He's going to be a very, very good player. I want to see him cut down that K rate. Fall League's a great place to work on that. Reese Hines, holy power. Um, yeah. He's got crazy pop. Outfielder who has missed much of the last two seasons with injury. Hines, they just want to get him at bats and hope that he can translate into even a fringe average hitter. If he's a fringe average hitter, the power is just too immense uh, to not be successful. Anything on any of the other guys? Are you interested in Sam, Ben Schotter, Christian Roa is interesting, Roa. Jake Gazzo, and then Vinny Timpanelli. Yeah, awesome Vin Timpanelli. Vin Timpanelli discovered in a men's league during COVID in 2020. He throwing was fuzz. Yeah, just throwing fuzz. Roa is an interesting guy. You know, he's like that seasoned college arm was at AM uh this year, three and a half ERA and 91 innings. Kind of shocking that 91 innings still gets you out to the fall league, but I think they want to see like truly what they have with Roa um, because he could be a, a back of the rotation guy. Now you see the pitching surplus in the red system. You think Roa could be one of those guys where if one does go down next year, Roa could be that guy. Uh, and it's another guy that you know, they've lost a lot of, uh, I would say they graduated guys. Some of the other lower level guys didn't quite perform the way they wanted them to. And this is somebody with great stuff that I think they're hoping can continue to, to get to where he needs to be. I'm excited to see Hines, but McLean is, is the guy I'm watching the most closely. I think Marte is going to continue to hit. It's yeah. going to be watching the glove more there, but I'm really interested to see how, how McLean can build off of what was a good season and an aggressive assignment, but can you be more consistent with the bat? Yeah, I'm with you. NLS is sending studs, and this is the last division here. Mm -hmm. D-backs, they send Jordan Lawler, Davison De Los Santos, Kyle Back Backus, J.B. Buskakis, <laughs> Jackson Goddard, Bukowskis, Jackson Goddard, Cooper Hummel, Chad Patrick. Lawler is so good <laughs> and much more advanced hitter than people I think gave him credit for. Started to settle in in double A at the end of the year after a slow start in double. Mashed through low A and high A. Dynamic plus defensive ability at shortstop. Above average power potential. Potentially plus hit tool as he gets you know, more comfortable. But it's more of an above average hit tool because of the strikeout rate. Uh, but I'm not. I think the bat to ball is, is going to translate. They're looking at somebody here that they're hoping they can probably sneak into a debut by end of last end of next year and this fall week will probably help determine how quick they can get them up there. Yeah. Um, 
Bukowskis, real quick on JB Bukowskis. Uh, he's going to celebrate his 26th birthday out there. Um, he made 21 relief appearances for the Diamondbacks last year at the major league level. So, like, for Bukowskis, this was injury. He threw 17 innings in AAA, like, more innings for a guy. That it's like, here are the Dominican Winter League, just, like, pick one, and this is yeah, easier. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, no, man, this this is a very talented crop, and, and it starts with Lawler and ends with De Los Santos. Um, 19-year-old. Davison De Los Santos. So yeah, who's already in double A, weirdly. In double A, hit 306 with an 850 OPS across low A to double. So um, now, granted, Visalia, Hillsboro, Amarillo, Reno, it, the most hitter friendly system. But he has huge, huge raw power. So that's something that I think he can kind of transcend whatever environment he's in. I'm more concerned about the, the hit tool. Doesn't walk at all, does strike out. Can he develop in that department? The power. Yeah, if, will he hit, if he hits nukes and he hits nukes. <laughs> yep. And he hits nukes. Anything on any of the other guys? Cooper Hummel, Chad Patrick. Uh, Cooper Goddard. Hummel was getting big league reps. Yeah. So another guy that they just want to, they, they treat it a little differently out there. And kind of weird. weird. Dodgers. They send Andy Pajes, who bit of a down year relative to what maybe we were hoping for from him. So, getting ABs and trying to finish on a strong note to this 2022 Jose Ramos outfield prospect, your, your bit Vivas infielder. Who's a really good bat to ball guy. Emmett yeah. Sheehan, Hyun Il Choi, yes. Tanner Dotson and Ben Harris. Ben Harris is disgusting. I want to focus on him real quick. Georgia guy overlooked. Ben Harris will be a lights out bullpen arm for them. Probably by next year. He's so, so nasty, but let's start with Andy Pajes. Not quite the year that I was hoping to see from Pajes. I was looking at him as a big helium guy. So look, he still hit 26 homers, so I don't want to make it sound like it was this brutal year as a 21-year-old making the jump to double A. Yeah. But, I mean, this was someone who hit 31 home runs last season, started to show progress in the bat-to-ball department. Walk rate dropped a little bit, but still – a very solid year that I think they want him to build on that and see how he does in triple next year. This is still somebody that I think could be the future of their outfield. Crazy power, good tools, good work ethic, good makeup, pretty patient. He's another candidate to be a false star and light it up out there. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, no, I mean, Pajes is like a very pure hitter. He's he's very fun to watch when he he's in rhythm. And this is another month to get him in rhythm because like 235 in AA, you know, you would hope that he'd be a little bit better than that. Um but yeah, I'm with you. Like there, there's a chance that he pulls the the Nelson Velasquez month of October. Yep. And if he does it, he's a top 50 prospect, probably top 60 because he's so dynamic, athletic and young. Um, yeah. and, and that's what's really exciting about him. Ramos struck out a lot in high A as a 21 year old, but also hit a lot of homers uh, between the two levels this year, between the three levels or excuse me, sorry, between the two levels, 25 home runs this season but a lot of punchies to go with that. Vivas is the opposite. Yorbe Vivas, that guy just hits. And um, this is a potential utility piece for them. If he's a trade piece, could probably be an everyday second baseman for another team in a a year or two, probably more closer to two years. But I think surprised with the power, 10 homers this year, walked more than he struck out in high A. You're not going to get a ton of power, but if he can hit you 10 to 15 home runs while walking more than he strikes out, it's a nice little piece. He can play all over the infield as well. Uh, yeah, I, I love that middle infield tandem in Great Lakes. Vivas and Edis Leonard, they were they were there last year 
too. Um, they got a taste at the tail end. They started in Rancho Cucamonga and then they made their way to um, to Lake Else or to uh, Great Lakes. Um, yeah, I, I think Leonard and, and Vivas function very similarly. I'm honestly kind of shocked that they didn't send Leonard out there um, just yeah. to like keep both those guys on identical tracks. But um, I, I do like that they're giving Vivas a shot because I'm a big fan of your bit Vivas. Um, Emmett Sheehan is pretty nasty. Fastball changeup is really good. Needs to develop the slider, uh, but I think he can easily do that. I love it when the, the changeup's ahead of the slider. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. usually a little bit easier to develop. I know you want to talk about Hyunil Choi real quick. Love my guy. He was hurt for the majority of the year, right? Yep. Minor league pitcher of the year for them last year. Uh, just throws strikes like none other. I know you saw that plenty last year. Dude, I mean, he he had an outing where he threw like 80 pitches and 72 were for strikes. I mean, it was it was comical. And, and he's like 95 with his fastball. He's got a tight slider. Um, he's he's really really talented, and, and he's got command of multiple pitches, uh, and he's got the stuff. So I'm a big fan. Um, a guy that's not going. I just saw his name um, on a top prospects list, and I just want to like bring him up again because his season's over. 20-year-old 6'7", 250 left-hander Ronan Kopp. Yeah, he scored pen arm. Uh, Ronan Kopp finished the year between low and high A, 27 appearances, 62 and a third innings, 108 strikeouts. Opponents hit 170 against him. That is 15 and a half Ks per night. They and spawn. It, and, and well, speaking of spawn, Ben Harris is this is similar thing here. Like that, that he looks like the same thing. His fastball is is wizardry with a low release point, just rides another lefty. It, it's unbelievable what the Dodgers do. And this isn't just finding random high scores. Ben Harris was a guy at Georgia that just everybody overlooked. Very, uh, now, very impressive. Ronan Cop was this random Stone Mountain Community College guy, 12th round pick last year. There you year. go. They, they mix in both of those types. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Uh, rivals, the Giants, sending yeah. a very fascinating crop as well. Luis Matos, really down here, but very banged up the whole season and finished strong. And honestly, given the circumstances, Matos was lost at points, also just banged up most of the year, and still somehow – hit 11 home runs and stole 11 bases in 91 games and finished the year strong. This is what was one of my favorite prospects heading into this year. And I'm not willing to, to give up on Matos by any means yet. Still extremely young, still 20 years old, finished the year really strong overall and pulling up the numbers on like the last 20 games here. Yeah. I mean, 288, 309, 404. So not really strong, relatively strong compared to where he was before. Uh, but this is somebody that I still think is super talented, bat to ball, can run a little bit, good raw power for his size. But they're also sending Carson Wisenhunt, Will Bednar, Adrian Shagasti. Is that how you say that? Hunter Jula, Tyler Myrick, Andy Thomas, and Logan Wyatt. Interested to see Wisenhunt. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think so. He what? He, so he tested positive for something that you just get like at GNC is like a supplement so. that he didn't know the NCA knocked him for. So um, failed drug test. Woo, woo, woo. Sound the alarms. Um, something you can get at GNC. That That's a different beast, right? I, I think close to ball is not something that you can get at GNC. So, no. yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see Wisenhunt, man. Um, seven Only seven innings. Yeah, I mean, seven and two-thirds innings between Loe and the complex, 14 punch-outs, one walk. Cool. Yeah. 
<laughs> but, but see him build on that. And he was probably a first round, early first round guy if if he did not have they grabbed him in what the second round? I think so. I think so. I think very beginning of the second round. Yeah, it was early second round. But he would have been an easy first round pick if it weren't for that whole easy, situation there. Easy. So he would have gone nuts at EC. Will Bednar disappointing a bit this year. So we'll see how he looks. The stuff just was not there for Bednar this year. Yeah. Uh, I, compared, we talked about it. Pick. The giant system was just not good this year. No, no. And Bednar was another example. Walking guys, and he never made it above low A. It is a college arm, first round college arm, who you don't, you know, promote above low A. That kind of speaks volumes. They want to just get him more innings and, and see how things go. Yeah. Padres, Jackson Merrill going. Actually, maybe two prospects that are the antithesis of each other. Jackson Merrill, Josh Mears. Yes. <laughs> then they're also sending Alec Jacob, Efrain Contreras, Norwillian Cedeno, Jordan Guerrero, and Chris Lincoln. Jackson Merrill has had a ridiculously good season. I've been impressed by the hit tool that is comfortably plus. And, and as a high school guy, always love seeing guys translate that well with the bat to ball. He played 45 games, banged up a little bit, but in the 45 games that he played this year, 325, 387. 482 slash on five homers. I mean, the thing is more extra base hit power than I think a lot of people thought. But, I mean, dude, the bat to ball is is phenomenal. Some of the best contact rates in the minors. And then you go to Josh Mears, some of the worst contact rates in minors. But holy crap, does he hit the ball hard. I mean, you can't make Josh Mears up. <laughs> he He's is awesome. like – he is, if you swung and missed 10 times, the 11th time is the one. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's wild, 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 um, where, you know, he can hit a ball. It, if he does get up to the bigs, if he doesn't strike out too much and, and eventually gets up to the bigs, if you give him 100 plate appearances, he might break an exit velo record. No, no, he'll all break a stat cast record. He absolutely will. He's already hit one over 500 feet. And I, I think with the big league baseball, uh, yeah, he's breaking a stat cast record. I mean, there's a chance he hits the ball like 124 miles an hour. Like, it's it, it's <laughs> wild. But, I mean, again, he gets – He struck out 47% of the time this year. Yeah, he gets an 124-mile-an-hour swing off every time. So the question is, do you barrel it or not? And the answer is overwhelmingly no for Mears. But when yeah. he does, it's a sight to behold. And you're right. I mean, Merrill is the antithesis of it, but Merrill didn't play very many games. Josh Mears was a guy that found himself on the development list yeah. at one point yeah. this year. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see, man. There's some intrigue here. <laughs> I do think Merrill could be the the shortstop of the future for them. Um, and one of the last prospects left that they still have. He should climb through the minors quickly for a high school guy. Yeah. Last but not least, the Rockies. They're not holding back either. Your boy Zach Veen is going. Yeah. Perfect for him. Struggled in double. Started to show some flashes. Just needs to continue to get reps and work on the bat to ball and the overall approach. Was overall a disaster in double A. You look at the 34-game sample size. Was phenomenal in high A. Let's get things positive again. Warming Bernabel, I freaking love this guy. He rakes, rakes, rakes. Grant Levine, nice bat, first baseman. Blair Calvo, Phineas Del Bonta Smith, what an awesome name. Braxton Fulford, Stephen Jones, and Peter Lambert. Um, am, am I am I an asshole for thinking that I'm more excited to see Warming Bernabel 
than Zach Fien. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, Bernabelle's good. Like, warning Bernabel hit 313 across low and high A, 870 OPS. So. As a 19-year-old. Mostly. Yeah, I mean he's he's really freaking good, man. Twenty six doubles, fourteen pumps, twenty three punch or twenty three stolen bases, and false star six strikeouts in three hundred and sixty seven at bats. False star, absolute false star, star probably. Yeah, Veen. I just want to see what he does out there. I do I really want to see how he team. responds. I really want to see because I mean, dude, double was a disaster. It was not good for him. I gotta know why it wasn't good, and we're gonna figure that out this fall. I mean, the swing can get long on him. We know that, but I mean. Come on. I just I was I was surprised to see the struggles this dramatic. I figured there'd be growing pains for Veen. Um I, I'm not sounding the alarms yet on 34 double A games as a 20-year-old, but I will start to get concerned if he goes out to the fall league and struggles. I, I will I can't I can't sugarcoat that. I will be concerned. And he is still gonna drop a little bit in our update because other guys performed when they made that leap. Uh Tovar is leapfrogging him in his own system. It's not sending the alarms on Veen. He's kind of stayed where, where he is relative to his rankings for himself in a vacuum, but other guys are passing him. It's just the reality of it. I don't want you to ever be concerned about Zach Veen. I don't want All you right, to I will it. never be. I don't I want you to be. do it. I want you to be wholeheartedly invested into the Zach Veen experience. I'm in. I'm excited. I'm, I'm definitely excited to see him. Bernabelle could end up fast-tracking himself to the big leagues by the end of next year too, which is pretty awesome. That's all the teams, man. That's everybody. This is going to be a really fun fall league, a really talented fall league, and we'll be covering it all the rest of the way, uh, and we'll be out there. So very excited to bring you interviews, bring you video analysis, plenty of thoughts from out there. That'll do it for this episode. Jack, any final thoughts? You're winding down the AAA season here. Uh, Also, shout out to our guy, Kyle McCann. Right after he was on the podcast, got promoted to triple and homered in his first triple A game. Uh, check out that interview. Really awesome dude, catcher in that Oakland A's organization. Jack, any final thoughts? I don't think so. I'm ready to sleep for a while and then get ready to watch the Arizona Fall League. So Cannot it's going to be good. Headed to uh, headed to Statesboro, Georgia this weekend. Going to see the fighting Clay Helton's in Georgia Southern. We'll tell you if Nebraska football's bad or if Georgia Southern football is good. I think the answer would be neither. And we will talk to you a little bit more on the prospect side and top performers for every organization probably tomorrow, if not Monday. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.